we've had this long discussion in our staff meetings. These songs that welcome Jesus in, they're just hilarious to me because we don't need to welcome him in. He's there. If if two or three are gathered, he's there, period. Um, now, we may be singing those to welcome him in personally, saying, God, I surrender, I relinquish, you know, my rights and, and everything. Come in, like, come in and fill me. That, that cup, remember that we were talking about last week, fill my cup. Um, come in, I welcome you to come in and fill my cup um, and overflow my cup, hopefully. That's the point we want to get to as a Christian culture and as a church. Overflow my cup, God. Welcome to the 42 Podcast, where we discuss life together, looking for answers to life, the universe, and, well, everything else. Here are your hosts, Rob and Lindsay. All right. Hey, guys. How we doing? Pretty well. Good. Yeah, we've got TJ back with us again, so it's going to be another good discussion. And TJ, I I have a question for you. I've been waiting to ask you. How's the coffee? Um... It so. Do you want my church opinion? Do you want my honest opinion? Honest opinion. Uh, not as full bodied as I was expecting with the smell that came out of the package. I could have chopped the bean a little too small through the AeroPress, which made it a little bit bitter, more bitter than I was expecting it to be. It was not bad, but it was not Onyx level. Let me say that. He's a- it was not Folgers. <laughs> okay. It was not. Onyx. He's a lot more highfalutin than I am, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> when you sent me your coffee, I'm just like, coffee, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I will say this. I normally go for the darker roast from there. I, I do an espresso in the morning and a, a drip coffee in the Hold afternoon. On. What did you call it? Espresso. Espresso? Yeah, I know. There's no X, but there's es- two S's. Espres- and- espresso. Es- espresso. Look, just be happy that most of my Pittsburghese is gone. Most. <laughs> do, when you try to say specific, do you call it pacifically? I can't even get the word <laughs> out. <laughs> That's one of the ones that, if I think about it, I stumble on, and it just gets ugly real fast. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, so the coffee was decent. We'll say that. It was, it was decent, yeah. I'll drink it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, you'll drink it, so that works. But we're continuing some of our discussion from last week, and church and worship, and, well, the best summary was offered as we were getting ready for the episode of, uh, we're going to talk about why church worship music sucks. Here, here. <laughs> I'm not going to say yes or no yet. <laughs> not yeah, Okay. TJ sitting in the, the dugout just waiting for his moment. All right. So then, yes. Lindsay, growing up, what was your experience with church worship music? Like, what was the styling you had growing up? Like Maranatha stuff, you know? Um, we overhead projector, just, I don't know, hill songs and... Stuff like that, old school stuff. 
uh, but not 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 usually hymns. Every once in a while, a hymn, but it wasn't it wasn't primarily hymns. So a little more on the charismatic side, I think. Okay, uh, and I grew up Episcopalian, and we had two services. We had a traditional high church service with hymns and. Uh, we didn't have a choir, though, but we had the hymn sings, and then we had the uh, low church, which was informal. We had a worship band. We had, you know, we, we were the we were the cool Episcopalian church, because not only did we have a worship band with a guitar, but we had a worship band with a bass. Cool. <laughs> I, I wish I was kidding on that one, but it was, wow, we have a bass player. <laughs> So I'm sorry, I did have yeah. a band. There was a band at my church too. So was that like the the catchphrase for your church? Come to come to our church, we have a bass. <laughs> <laughs> like no trouble. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> all about the all right, anyway, moving on. We had the joke of, you know, we're Wiscopalian. If the altar wine's not strong enough, the whiskey's under the pulpit. Oh my gosh. That was something people said? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really? Well, Church of England, I mean, the tradition and the thought is different. So, you know, that was a, a part of the joke of our worship and understanding who we were and what our tradition was. And, you know, not every church, most churches in our area didn't do communion wine. They did communion grape juice. Mm-hmm. Being an Episcopalian was neat. <laughs> I learned a lot. I would say. So, and TJ, from the last episode, you said that you have basically been a Baptist through and through from the start. Born and raised, boy. So uh, we did a lot of victory in Jesus. Um, <laughs> a lot of just as I am. Uh, we grew up, or I grew up more around hymns and choirs. Um, which... Maybe the reason why it was so easy to make a transition over to contemporary music and why I grabbed hold of it so much. Um, it's kind of like when I was growing up, uh, I was in private school and mo the one private school I was in most of the time, there was a uniform, you had to wear a collared shirt, you had to wear slacks. So when I got out of that environment, I never put that stuff on ever again. And I still hate it to today. Um, so when I got into a place where I could do contemporary music and it was okay to do that, I, I, I just grabbed onto it and, um, and loved it. And I still do today. Not that I don't enjoy hymns. Hymns have a, an, an amazing place uh, in who we are, our background, and in some other churches. Because we'll get there, but I don't believe every church should look the same. Right. Um, the second it does, then we're like, yeah, uh, yeah, it's just, it shouldn't, it shouldn't look the same. All right. Correct me if I'm wrong. Cause my memory is a little fuzzy on this one, but you're the worship pastor at your church now. So or? I'm the everything pastor except senior pastor. Uh, so I'm the associate pastor <laughs> of music, youth, media, website, journalism, graphic design, like you name it. I have some type of hands in it and um when pastor herschel goes away I, I preach as well so um i literally have my fingers in just about everything one way or another you're the and that two guy yeah hmm. okay okay so 
you do have your hand then in your church's worship styling right now. And what kind of styling would you call your church's worship? Contemporary. I mean, 100%. So um, I would say I have a hand in it, but because I didn't like start the church, I allow what was there to kind of propel, you know, what we do. Um, but at the same time, what they do is what I do. So, I mean, it's, it's just a good match. Like, I think that's the way you should hire people. So, (laughs) okay. (laughs) That's, that's not an entirely different loaded topic of how churches hire and well, no, it's not. But I also don't think everybody on the church staff should look the same. Uh, the second right. you hire people that all look the same, like I look very different from the other people on staff and I think very different than the other people on staff. And I think they were smart with that. Sometimes it doesn't make for the best meetings, but um, I think it's smart to have different opinions and styles and mindsets. So, but that's getting into diversity of thought and I'm uh, sorry, Lindsay, go no, ahead. I don't want to derail you. Go ahead. No, that was all I had. So well, go for to it. what extent guys, um, in your worship growing up, did the leaders leave room for God to do things? Mm. Like, at my church, that was kind of understood without really ever announcing it, that worship was the time that God might want to say something or do something. So that's when, like, people would um, speak in tongues and the worship people would like quiet down so that the person could speak in tongues or there was a word that was sort of that time. Um, so we kind of left room in the schedule for, for God to show up, which I kind of thought was pretty cool. And I didn't know how you guys, uh, related. Do you want to go or do you want me to go? Go ahead. Cause I think my answer is going to be entirely different. Um, I find it, cool yet hilarious uh that you left time for the holy spirit to move and like you said okay holy spirit you can move in this when we get quiet when the music comes down that's when you can that's move. not what i meant um, exactly that's hilarious that's, to me. i just like, meant like okay we have <laughs> we have half an hour of we just allow in the schedule for we're not going to hold so tight to the schedule that like, oh, no, okay, okay, we've done three fast songs and two slow songs. So now it doesn't matter. Everybody stop talking. No more. No more. You know, yep. we just that's what I meant. That's all I meant. And and I came from a background of complete opposite where um, I struggled understanding what and who the Holy Spirit was because of my upbringing, um, where it was scheduled like the army. And if we strayed away from it, oh my goodness, like God wasn't going to move at the altar call because we didn't leave enough time for him. You know, we didn't leave enough time to sing seven or eight verses of Just As I Am. We only left enough time for two, and then we had to go to Golden Corral. Um, So I was the complete opposite spectrum of you, Lindsay, which um, I think helps me now... Because I understand that there needs to be that flexibility. Um, I think there needs to be structure with the idea that if God wants to move, we go over 10 minutes or 15 minutes and it's okay. It's, we don't schedule in that time. 
Uh, but we also leave room to breathe. Now. Yeah. So I thought you would have a little more of a, a free-spirited background on that one, TJ. That, oh, 100% not. I Okay. With the structure I had, the worship music was always supplemental to the service, and the service was an intentional walking through of, uh, I'll say the Romans Road, effectively. Where you, you're coming in as sinners, your confession, uh, mm. moving into the word, moving into the the lesson, the, the sermon, and at each point the music supplemented and supported that. And that's, even today, that's the structure I'm still in, is that the music is always supplemental of that journey, that coming in as sinners, going out as saints. Every single week? Yeah. Okay. Now, I mean, it's different music. Yes. It always centers around what the core of the, the text and the sermon are. But, I mean, it's designed and intended to build the journey together. And we don't have anything that is a set structure of if the Spirit moves, it's just, well, when the Spirit moves, we'll go with it. Mm. There's a greater structure behind how we perceive the Spirit moving and how we perceive the gifts working in people that's kind of not spoken of, but it's assumed. And it, So there's an expectation there. Yeah, there's... Of the people, yes. of the congregation, in the congregation? The congregation, the music, the whole worship itself, there's an expectation of what it's going to do, where it's going to go, uh, and it's designed, designed isn't the right word, because there's prayer and intention and listening and study put into each service. Okay, so this will kind of be a precursor, I don't know if you want to go there, but because I've heard you guys say this multiple times now, um, when talking about music, so you spend intentional time setting up a service to pull out what you're expecting to happen at the end in somebody. So you are building and creating a service from start to finish that you are expecting a specific response for at the end, which is the same thing that you guys have actually been, I would say, complaining about in worship music. That, that emotional response that worship mu music creates, you literally just said, that's what we're doing when I build a service. Now, I, I'm going to push back on this, okay? Because my intention isn't to draw out the emotional interaction through the music. My intention is to draw out something out of the text and out of the scripture. It's this. When you build a sermon, you, you build it with an end goal and an intention in mind. This is where you want to take everybody. But you do it through prayer and study and listening to the Spirit. So you know, worship leaders don't do that? They do. They do. But just like there's an intention to turn the sermon into something that capitalizes on the, uh, the personal goals of the preacher... There's also the temptation for the worship leader to create emotional reactions out of the music. So I don't mind the emotional stuff. I just don't know how to trust it. Okay. Because I am a very emotional person, sort of, and I, uh, I want, I'm desperate, right, for some kind of communion 
But how do I know that it's not just the music and you saying some cool stuff in the middle of the worship song and prayer, um, the, the, the feeling? How do I know or parcel out the difference between the feelings, which are great, and the reality of God and what he's doing? Is it God or is it just like, wow, this is really emotional and I love it? Um, that, that, like, it's a, it's a loaded question and it's not. Um, so I would, my response to that normally would be, where is your relationship with God prior to going into that worship service? Why? Because I believe that would dictate whether you know it's a true response or not a hundred percent if you're going in like first off god can do whatever he wants whenever he wants and we've already said that in the last one so like a absolute uh a rapist murderer can come into your church not saved and feel emotion from god and god's moving inside of that person and he might not understand what it is, but it's it's a it's a feeling that's being impressed on him. That's interesting. And it's moving him. That's really interesting. Okay, good. So we're getting somewhere. Um now I believe and and where I'm coming from and what I'm about to say, because I am a massively emotional person too. So I understand what I'm what I'm about to say what it might do to you personally, Lindsay, but let me get through it. Um, I believe that you struggle with it so much because of your past, because you question your past in the church so much. That's what I've heard over the past few, um, like serious church discussions in the, in the, uh, podcast. Um, when we when we when we were all together, I didn't really have the opportunity to talk to you very much personally. But what I love about you two is that your sense of humor is almost on par with mine. No. Um, there was a there was such a dry joke you cracked at the end of last uh, podcast, and I just started dying. I don't even remember what the <laughs> joke was, um, but I just started dying, and I was like, "That's why we're able to come together in a in a." podcasts like this and talk about hard subjects and not go away so angry at each other. Mm -hmm. Um, But (laughs) like, I think you struggle with the, is it, is it feeling or is it God? Because you've had to, you feel in your past that you've had to have forced feelings so much. Mm -hmm. Um, Regardless of, of the, the time that was set for the spirit to move in your old church um, this one hour worship time that you guys talked about at the, the young adult ministry or whatever it's called, um, that you've had, um, that you feel like you've had to portray a certain way for worship. That is wrong. Right. Everybody should be portraying worship how they portray worship. Not everybody's, once again, not everybody's the same. Because what that did. So to say sorry. you. Go ahead. Well, what that did was it made me look at everybody else and say, what the heck am I missing? How come I don't feel like that? How come I don't 
How come do I don't, that? How come I don't feel like that? How, <laughs> how? Why is God not moving in me like that? Yeah. When we get to a point where we point fingers and say that, no, no matter where, that is wrong. When a worship leader looks out into the congregation and goes, why is that person? And I've done this before. Like, I've been this guy. Why is that person sitting down, crossing their arms and like scowling at me? Like, hey, 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 I enjoyed your music. <laughs> and I'm not even talking about you. I'm talking about the old people that have been in churches before. And like, I know for a fact, like those people are just struggling with me being on the stage. And that's not the point. But I like going back to all that. I loved watching you worship, Rob. It always made like made me laugh. And because everybody else was like spending what I would consider spending time in the presence of God, jumping around, raising their hands, like shouting out Jesus's name. And then there's Rob in the back right corner in the fetal position, <laughs> just, be- <laughs> just being on his own with God. And it was incredible to me. All right. So for context, that's going back to... <laughs> the young adult years and the young adult program and tj i was in that spot i was in that place with my worship because i i had a i don't want to say it's exactly similar but coming out of uh out of my teen years out of having been raised in the church there was kind of a deprogramming that i had to go through and i i hit that crisis at 1920 and i I was past it when uh, when I started into that young adult program. So for me, coming through that crisis, it was a detoxing of my my religion, my faith, mm. from those expectations and understanding that my walk with God is mine. How I worship, how I engage, that's all me. You want me to put on a show, I'll put on a show, but it's all it's it's bs and and that's what it's never about it's never about the show um i believe we need to worship i've gotten past this more mature as a worship leader big surprise right like as i've grown older but we need to get past the everybody needs to look the same um we are not to make clones of ourselves we're to make disciples and everybody looks different. Look at the 12 disciples themselves. They, a lot of them came from all different backgrounds. <laughs> the, the, the only similarity was they were all idiots. Praise God. <laughs> he chose idiots for us to look at because it makes me feel better when I read scripture and know I am able to follow Christ. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, I... I, I've been studying Peter a little bit more since Easter, and just, wow. Yeah. He really is. Just He is something special. There. He's out there for lunch. <laughs> you know, he, he gets these moments, he's like, wow, I get it! And then, ten seconds later, he, what the heck's wrong with Peter? <laughs> yep. Poor Peter. Yeah. Ah, but if you didn't have Peter, I mean, you, for me... Paul's great, love Paul, but and everyone kind of wants to be Paul, but I look at Peter and I go, eh, I've done that. Okay, I don't feel too stupid. But, so. like, going back to that hour that you guys had in the morning, I, I actually applaud a program like that putting so much emphasis on the necessity 
of worship first thing. Mm -hmm. But with that said, I also caution us not to make everyone be the same thing in our worship because that's the truth is even right here we all three came from three completely different backgrounds like Lindsay's on you know one side uh rob you're on the other i'm just kind of in the middle chilling out as a baptist going we don't even know what we are sometimes <laughs> like um and that that's okay and so for the person that wants to sit quietly in the presence of god like let him sit quietly in the presence of God for the person that wants to jump around and, and shout out his name and raise their hands and, and uh, spin around and all like, let them praise God that way. But like, let's praise God to let's just praise God together. That's what I want to do. Like, let's take the time. Let's just praise God together. Um, and music is a big part of that. And that's why we're here to talk about all that. Right. So like back to the emotional response, um, we, once again, I think we have to go back to, uh, look at hymns, where our background is. If you say there's not emotional response that's supposed to happen from those hymns, you're crazy yeah. because music is just emotional. We, you guys talked about that last, uh, last podcast you did for the, the, well, two weeks ago. Um, it is just emotional no like i think god created it that way but this is where i find the beauty of the hymns is is a lot of times not a lot of times the hymns were written out of an experience out of um grief and joy and celebration where forgive me i'm gonna throw them under the bus but it feels like hillsong slaps a guitar riff on a, a neat lyric and repeats it 10 times so did you watch the hillsong movie that came out no about jeremy camp don't um i don't i don't even know what it's called um they one statement that was made either in that movie or a video that i watched is some of the songs that we sing we don't even have the words finished yet until we like either go out on stage or like write before we go out on stage we'll write these lyrics and it's a song that comes and we just do it for the first time out on a uh out on the the stage um and so i i would say some contemporary worship music is created to be popular period <laughs> it's created to be on the radio um, so many times I have people, I, I love them. Uh, so if anybody listens to this and you've been one of these people that have sent me a song to ask me to play it on a Sunday or, uh, play it for a special and we haven't played it yet, there's reasons behind it. So my church hired me to be the go between, between people and the stage and what gets played on the stage and what music, like thousands there's so many worship groups nowadays it used to be bethel and hillsong like that was it um and you didn't have a lot of songs to pick from there are so many groups now so many different people that we have to decide what songs are we going to play because like i'm probably a thousand songs a week or a month are coming out and you can only pick one so how do you pick what songs to play from stage. Um, and I think the answer to that is different for every church. 
Well, and that also gives you the problem, not, yeah, yeah, problem, of going through those songs. And, you know, what is a genuine worship experience and what is just, oh, I made pretty words, yay. I think that's the beauty of the old hymns is they're so fantastically written. Um, A lot of them are just, like, stunning. And they're meaty. And there's, like, something there. There's a story being sung, you know? Yes. To be fair, I would say there's probably also a similar thing that happened back then, maybe not on the scale it is today, where there was a production of hymns within a church and how much of it was, again, pretty words or legitimate But in a way, who cares? Because if God is who he says he is and meets us where we are, then it shouldn't really matter if the writer was baloney or not, because can't God's spirit still move? Can't he still speak... Um to the people, to the congregation. A hundred percent. So, uh, like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to decide whether to bring up this, this writer and the situation that happened while you guys were in the group that you were in. Uh, there was a song that came out named healer. You guys remember that song? I want to sit at your feet. That one. Oh, no, I don't remember. I guess. No, 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 no. Um, you got to remember my my engagement with music is very Neanderthal like. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, where is it? I I believe you're my healer. I believe you are all I need. Um, so that song, people thought was this incredible song about. Um, healing people, people coming up to the front and God just doing this incredible healing on the inside and the outside, you know, all this stuff. And he got let go from his church because a song was about his pornography addiction. And so did God use that song? Yes. Was it from a broken person? Yes. That's dumb because everybody's broken. So why should he have gotten let go? Because he's, that's stupid. But <laughs> uh, for clarity, just I'm I'm gonna ask the question because I'm an idiot. Was he saying his porn addiction was the healing, like that was the salve, or was he saying that God healed him from his porn addiction? He was he was just writing a song asking God to heal him from the porn addiction. Okay, okay. Sorry, just wanted to make sure we were clear on. Yeah, sorry, I didn't uh, explain that very much, but. Um, so I believe that God can use songs that were written from one thing as something else, just like he can use us as people. Like sometimes I get off the stage from a sermon and go, oh my gosh, that was the worst thing I've ever preached in my entire life. And like 30 people got (laughs) saved and I'm like, I don't even know. I'm just kidding. That's an over-exaggeration. Like half a person got saved. Um, but, um, (laughs) Your listeners right now are like, oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> but God can use us at any point. In any song he wants to use, he's going to be able to use it. But it's a matter of where does that song take you? And I think that's what you guys really want to talk about. That might be a fair thing. I, just reinforcing that, yeah, Lindsay, kind of what you were saying with it was stupid for them to fire him and everyone is broken. I mean, that's... We, we've had discussions about that early on, Romans 3.23, you know, for all have sinned and fall short. And I guess that's where one of my issues comes with 
perceptions of worship and the church and even working in the church. Uh, TJ, have you ever... <laughs> I'm going to test this on you a little bit. Oh, geez. Just taking a brief aside. Um, have you ever been out and, you know, you meet someone entirely new and you start talking life and jobs and all of that and you introduce that you are a, a pastor at a church and suddenly their entire perspective shifts on you and they apply this, like, righteous paintbrush across your entire life that you are perfect? So it... <laughs> Uh, I heard you talk about this. I don't remember which one, which episode it was, but it, it made me laugh. It was a while back. Um, so you say, you know, I try not to, to state what I am and all that stuff. And um, it, conversations always get to me, uh, get to a point for me where it just comes out what I do. Um, but most of the places I'm in when that comes out are like video game places, board game places, uh, guitar places, a very, uh, like for my world, very like secular Like you already places. have a personality and, besides being a pastor. Yeah. That's good. And, um, <laughs> and so, uh, it's... It's hilarious. The reactions I get are hilarious. And I can't say some of the reactions I've gotten on mic um, because they're just they're hilarious, though, because like they'll be like talking to me. And in and, and that world, most of those worlds, like every other word's a cuss word, like and mm -hmm. it's just it's just life like and then I'll be they'll they'll stop. and They'll go, well, what do you do? And I'll go, well, I'm a pastor. And they'll be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then they immediately start apologizing for all of the cuss words they've been using. But they apologize. I've actually had a guy apologize and use cuss words while he was apologizing. It was the funniest thing. <laughs> and so, it, it makes me laugh. Like, I... the, the, the normal line I use with that, because I, I get that same thing sometimes where I'll, I'll be talking to someone. And it's very, you know colorful speech and then they apologize when oh you you're in ministry i i'm sorry i just uh you're fine i i know how to swear at you in greek so let's, <laughs> let's move along all right so you do kind of see that a little oh yeah i mean a little bit yeah most of the places i hang around though like i say it and they st most still don't care like they'll just go on living their life and and I'm the truth is, and my friends that I'm around that are like that, I mean, I've stated, I'm not here to judge you like, um, and like what you do is your business. Um, not really mine. Uh, like when I'm on, and we might talk about this later and we don't have to, I'm not bringing it up for that, but when I'm streaming, <laughs> um, online, uh, the guys, if if I turn on the party chat, I just ask them to keep the language down uh, because I want to keep the stream as as clean as we can, um, so that anybody can come in and watch it, not just you know adults. I I want to hit that on at the end, so don't let me forget. No, I'm probably uh, going to. <laughs> well, don't don't let me because I do have some questions for you for okay. when we're done recording as well. But yes, cool. Um. Okay, so how much of that applies, though, to our worship and our perception of worship, of this is a time to be right with God, enter into the Spirit, or be the holiest that we can be? Like, when we enter into worship? So, like, we want to be the, the priests that have to, like, wash themselves before going into the Holy of Holies? 
from the church body perspective, how much is that perception of the worship is this righteous cleansing, I, I'll say. Getting right. Oh, or this okay. need to attain righteousness. So that's how we get righteousness, is by worshiping? Well, I... I'm asking, what's that perception uh, in general with what you've seen with Lindsay, what you're exploring and experiencing and have experienced? How much is the perception that the worship time has to be this entry into the Holy of Holies? I am clean. I am one with God and that kind of thing, if this question is making sense. Lindsay, do you want to answer that first? Well, yeah, I think at a... The kind of churches that I've been to that I sort of really got uh, really connected with, worship was sort of the time that you got right with God, or you kind of come to God with your issues, and worship music sort of facilitates um, getting right with God, so you, and then you can go into the Holy of Holies, or, and then you can pursue God. But whereas other churches that I've been to, it's like, I don't even know why we're doing worship. <laughs> not really sure what's happening here (laughs) Uh, I think I've been in places that are both I do believe if we're talking strictly a church atmosphere that what I'm trying to facilitate as a worship leader I'll say that I won't talk about anybody else what I'm trying to facilitate as a worship leader is to get people from point A to point B where there's everything in life is so chaotic that we walk into church with all this junk and I'm not saying sin, but all this stuff in our head. And we are so busy as an American culture that we walk into church still busy. And my job is to take the busyness of life and say, you know what, guys? I know that life is busy. Let's let's stop for a minute. Let's slow down. Let's focus on Jesus. Focus on who he is. So I don't take it as a normally. Sometimes we do go into it with, you know, I know we got a lot of crap in our life. Am I allowed to say that on this? <laughs> crap? Yeah. <laughs> well, we just did, right? <laughs> um, like, I, got, I know we have a lot of junk in our life. We need to lay that down at the altar. Like, and we do those moments. But for me, it's not always about laying our life down on an altar before we can come to God. It's about facilitating an atmosphere of focus, of focusing in on who God is, what he's doing. And then that way, all the all the stuff that's bottled up in our heads can kind of be set aside for just a, just a moment so that we can hear what the Lord has for us in that in that message time. So it's just kind of the slow things down. Like, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. That's for me, for what I feel like my job is. See, and I I think that's a good balanced view of what worship should be. And I appreciate that because, again, it's it's the intention of building the space for worship to happen. Yeah. Not, Not building the experience to happen, but for worship to happen and people are going to engage with it how they need to. And if the experience Which, happens, it happens. And and we've had those. Like, even since I've been at, at, at the church I'm at now, there have been times where we've just, this past week, 
we were still talking about the Romans and God's wrath. And I decided I wanted to uh, find some songs that we hadn't done in a while and redo those. And we actually finished our worship time uh, going into the message, into the message of wrath with the song, The Lion and the Lamb. Um, Because I wanted to facilitate this idea that God is extremely powerful and extremely passionate for us, but he's also the sacrificial lamb because that's what we're moving into next week. Um, And so you're talking about taking people for a journey. That's my life. Like trying to get them from point A to point B to have a, a, honestly, a fun experience taking this journey together. Sorry, you said journey, and I got distracted by the idea of journey the band. I'm sure you did, <laughs> <laughs> squirrel. But no, I and that's and again, that's what we've tried to build and instill within the worship where I'm at now. Where it's again, there's a progression, there's a journey, there's intention to it, there's a desire for everyone to leave with the message. But you know, you said this earlier. There are times when that message is preached and it's entirely different perception in the congregation to how you have it. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you said, Oh, I bombed it. And 30 and a half people got saved. Uh, you know, I, I've done that where I've uh, in youth or in, uh, Oh my goodness. There was one lesson I did years ago for my youth group. And I walked away from that feeling like I bombed it. And one of my students comes up and goes, that was a YOLO message. (laughs) (laughs) I'd only reinforced that I bombed it, but she connected it into, yeah, you only live once. And there's a grace that you find in Christ for your one life. Hmm. It worked for her, connected for her. I, I will never dust that one off again after the YOLO comparison. <laughs> maybe that's what you should make it into. Like, maybe that was God speaking into your life. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, we're we're 10 years past that message, and we're just going to leave it back there. Um, but no, I mean, I, I, at this point, interestingly, this episode's coming out on the 26th, and I'm preparing a sermon for the 25th, and it's... I'm I'm sitting and wrestling with that the the scripture and the passages and that journey that I'm trying to to build with the music with the the sermon and you know that that part of it is got to be filled with prayer got to be filled with asking where that journey should go and mm-hmm. begging the spirit to move despite my flawed broken flesh yeah man Lindsay what are you sitting on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I see it like so i i like the i like your job i think it's cool i always appreciated the way you led things in that program however there is this thing and i i've kind of harped on this before but there's this mentality that that people come to church and they uh, receive, but they don't really participate. So give me an example, if you don't mind. Well, you listen to everything the youth, the, the leader says, um, 
And then the lights are up and you just sit down and it's time for church. Okay. I think because we're such a, we're used to being the audience and not participating. And I just, is it possible to structure worship in such a way that um, the congregation is is more participatory or there's more room for mm. something to happen? Uh, not in, I'll use uh, Rob's favorite thing right now that he wants to talk about. Um, not in a megachurch setting, no. <laughs> no. Um, you come in, you're a number, you sit down. Uh, not, I don't want to give a percentage. I was going to say 90%. I would say a high percentage of people that go to a mega church are not participating in anything else, but coming on Sunday morning to get a checklist. Um, I personally think what you said is all up to you personally, what you want out of church. Right. You have to get it yourself. Um, so right. weird question, but oh, go ahead. Lindsay. You know what you said about the guy who is a, a murderer and he comes into church and he sees something happening or something happens to him, but he's sort of observing it from the outside. Like, like the spirit of God is a thing that sort of drapes over the congregation. Like it's outside of the person, um, which contrasts to how personal of a thing worship usually is, which I, I just find really interesting, like worship leaders um, doing something corporately and how that interacts with like the spirit of God and the spirit of God coming on the congregation and also like personally. I just find that really interesting. I, I just think of Sam, uh, Samson, how it says the spirit of the Lord came upon him. It doesn't say, like, mm. it was in him or, like, the Spirit of God was moving in his heart. It came upon him, um, which is almost like he didn't really have a choice or anything. So I just, how does that kind of all play into worship and your experience on a Sunday morning? I'll let the guy that's in a Presbyterian church speak on um, something that... Uh... <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't even get it out. Um, but not <laughs> okay. having not having a choice, you know. I'll I'll let this Presbyterian speak on that. Um, but uh... <laughs> Calvinism. <laughs> uh, so, I first off, let me say, I love your mindset, Lindsay. I love where it goes. Um, and I love your questions because it's it's so many questions that people in the church are afraid to ask. We have not – can I say this? Like we have not created a safe enough space in the church to ask these hard questions. Sure. And we have not created a safe enough place for people that are sinful to come in and say, I'm sinful. Yep. We've created a place where – Righteous people can come. That is not why the church was created. Yep. The church was uh, Jesus. Why did Jesus? Why did Jesus come to heal the sick, not to heal people that were fine, to heal the yep. sick? And we are sick, right? No matter if you are a Christian or not, 
we are just we we are broken and we are sick and we need him <laughs> and and i believe we need each other mm-hmm. um that's why the church is here whether no matter what the church looks like whether it's a mega church whether it's uh cell groups like a cell group church like you were talking about like the 8 or 10 people um I, once again, I believe there's a place for all of them, even the mega church, um, because if if the right person is in leadership, the gospel is still being preached and thousands and thousands and thousands of people are hearing it. So I believe that's incredible. I also believe the cell group's incredible. The thing that uh, Francis Chan is actually doing over in California, if he's still doing that, I think he is. Um, he's not still doing I think he's in China now. Is he? Um, are we allowed to say that on podcast? that he's in China. <laughs> but I don't know if that that group is still uh doing it like over there in the church um where it was a bunch of many churches that were meeting in homes and things yeah, like that yeah. and it was church um and it was awesome. And so um yes 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 like let's kind of go back to your question about like this blanket of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit moving. The Holy Spirit moves when he wants to move. And the Holy Spirit is personal. Now, it, Scripture does say, where two or three are gathered, what does it say after that? There I am. In, in my name. Yeah. There I am. It's not a question. It's a promise. There I am. So we know that when we get together and two or three or more are gathered, Jesus' spirit is there. We don't even have to question it. So these, uh, right. we've had this long discussion in our staff meetings. These songs that welcome Jesus in, they're just hilarious to me. Because we don't need to welcome him in. He's there. If if two or three are gathered, he's there. Period. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we may be singing those to welcome him in personally. Saying, God, I surrender. I relinquish. You know, my rights and and everything come in like come in and fill me that that cup remember that we were talking about last week fill my cup mm-hmm. um come in i welcome you to come in and fill my cup um and overflow my cup hopefully that's the point we want to get to as a christian culture and as a church overflow my cup god um but each person is personal like I don't believe God comes and throws a, a the Holy Spirit comforter over a congregation, you know, when, mm. when we all come together. Um, I, I believe he does speak to us personally, and that's why different people have different reactions to different music. And have you ever listened to the same song? Uh, one week, you, you have no reaction at all. The next week, like, God just fills your life, and you're, like, bawling your eyes out in the corner like a baby. Because <laughs> it's not about the song. Mm. The song may have done something, but the Holy Spirit impressed something in your life and impressed his presence in your life. And that's why you're crying, not because of the song. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> now, the the beautiful thing I'm going to hit on, because this has been a point that I'm also in the middle of, uh, is that community idea of the church, where it's good to be a community, it's good to be together, but the piece that we always miss when we look at a community of believers is we kind of do this whitewash of we're all one church, Mm -hmm. but we never sit in and camp with we're one church under one name, under one spirit, but many parts. 1 Corinthians 12, we're 
or one body, many parts. Yes. And I think that's an error that we've been making in the church for a while, is we keep saying, well, we're the church, and then identifying ourselves as a many part only in denomination, not in the individual I, giftings yes, and talents of I the agree. congregation. It's members. the worship leader or it's the pastor, and then everybody else is sort of uh, an audience, which I'm pretty sure audience, I don't know what on the body would that be. <laughs> you know? what? Uh, so... <laughs> We at our church, we really push serving in some way. So we, uh, our motto, I guess I don't, I don't even know what to call it anymore. But is gather, matter, scatter. We gather together to worship. We matter to God. We matter to each other, and we scatter out into the world because we are all ministers not just a single person. So when you leave this church building, you are a missionary to your neighborhood, to your job, wherever you are, you are a missionary to them. That was one of the neat things that, and this is kind of in my learning experience. Um, when, when my family moved out from Pittsburgh, we came from a small Episcopalian church where it was, you know, a, a small, medium congregation, but everyone was connected. Everyone knew each other. And when we moved out to where where they're at now, the church they got up got into would kind of be considered a mega church, but the big push was to get everyone connected into small groups to be serving in the community to be working. And church was when all the small groups come together, and when we worship as one body. But you break out, you have your groups, mm -hmm. and each group was talented and reflective. And I mean, my parents are still connected. Seventeen, eighteen years later to that original small group of people that got them connected into the church, that got my family connected into that church. And so that's why I say that all megachurches aren't bad. The megachurches right. that do it right, that push people into life groups, that create those small group, those small church entities that are there for each other, that are growing with each other, that is the, the proper way to do it. Now, there are mega churches that are about the pastor or about the worship team or about the like. Um, I'm, I am not talking badly about this church before I say this church. So I want every listener to hear that. Um, this is not TJ bashing a church. It's just an example. Elevation Church is that, though. Elevation Church is about the pastor, is about the worship team and the worship music and what that emotion can bring. We use some of Elevation's music um, because it is good music, but um, I can't even think of the guy's name right now. Uh, Furtick. Um, he is starting to back off some and not preach every week. Um, so I don't know if he got that as a, like uh, if he, if he had that, told like said to him so much that it seems like the church is being about him um but it was so what what happens if Stephen Furtick dies in a car accident to elevation like uh will it keep going will it not I, I don't I don't know but we have to make sure that our churches are not about us as a person they're about God and and that is one of the greatest – and going back to something I said at the beginning where that's one of the greatest temptations of the preacher of from the pulpit. You turn it to your priorities, your agenda. I, same thing for worship leaders. You turn it towards building a show, building your priority, your agenda. 
And that temptation doesn't go away. It's just how we're held accountable within the church structure. Well, let me ask this question really quick because I know we're quickly running out of time. So you talk about not wanting to create a show. What are your thoughts on churches, normally mega churches, bigger churches that create that show, that have the lights, that have the smoke, that create that concert feel in worship? What are your thoughts about that? Well, I think, can God do something? Yeah. Um, But I think they're doing themselves a disservice because when you create an atmosphere that you're coming to the church show, you are an audience member. Come sit and let us... And there's a cup holder on your seat and... uh, um, (laughs) It's not promoting body work. It's not promoting the the person in that in that congregation who has an evangelistic call on their life or an apostolic call in their life or um or a pastoral call in their life there's i think there's people in the congregation that are just missing an opportunity in churches like that so you spoke you i feel like you just spoke about every church though no matter mega church or not everybody comes to a church to sit and be an audience well, well that's what service. I don't like about church. But that's not the only part of church. You're, you're saying church is this one thing. It, I come in on Sunday. I I sing a little bit. I it may repeat some stuff a little bit. Um, and then I sit down and I listen. And that's all church is. If we as a culture get to a point where we say that's all church is, we've messed up. And I think that's where we are. I think you just nailed what people think church is and that's where we have screwed up right um so i don't believe that creating a show atmosphere is a bad thing paul said be all things to all people take it as you will um but sometimes people first connect with a concert it's way easier to say to people hey Come to my concert as a church than, than it is to say, hey, come to my church. We're going to sing a few hymns. We're going to read scripture. Yeah. Um, like, Yeah, and maybe – so you're right. Maybe the place to to uncover some of the giftings that are in the church or the – the so the place to uncover the body members – in your congregation may not be the worship time. It may, it may be another, another time. And some, so go ahead. Uh, Well, it's, I guess it would be having, having an opportunity for people to do that somehow. And I guess that would be the cell groups, which I think is really important and that's also where you get to know people and for who they really are instead of just, hi, how are you? Mm-hmm. It's church Sunday. It's mm-hmm. Church on Sunday is hellish for anybody who has kids. <laughs> so that's not the time <laughs> to get to know people or really develop anything. But yeah. that's because I have kids. <laughs> All right. I think we've got one more conversation oh to go. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> No, 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 don't be sorry. This is These are good conversations we've been having, and I think we're in a spot where we're going to be talking about that genuine aspect, because we've 
we've talked about some of the disingenuous and the the counterpoints of it. But I think maybe we've got one more point to go of what a genuine church would mm. look like and focus entirely on that for one episode. And Like, what does the New Testament actually say church should look like? What, what does Acts give us? What does the epistles give us? What What perceptions of the church are there in the New Testament that we've moved away from? So I do think we we really have to be cautious, though. In a conversation like that, because I don't believe, like, if we just read Acts and say, well, then all these mega churches are doing right. it wrong. They're not. But, I, but it's just a challenge to you and to me and to you to say, how can I do church different? What do we, like? So, okay, that was that was my point. And, and so everybody that has these conversations... Um, and you brought up a, a perfect thing. Well, what happens, you know... How do these people do it over here? And how do these people do it over here? And my question to everybody that brings up issues in the church is what are you doing to fix the problem? What are you, how are you becoming a part? Are you becoming a part of the the fixing or are you becoming a part of the problem? All right. With that, Lindsay, I see you're, (laughs) you're, you're getting ready. You're like, ah, 40 more minutes of fighting. Come on. Um, And I think that's where we're going to end it, where that's the best summary of what we're going to to jump into next week, of not just what you can do to fix it, but trying not to entirely bash the megachurch. We, we spoke to some of the temptations of the church and worship, and, 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 but let's, let's, talk, let's talk church in a positive manner next week, and what it is that we can do to grow, uh, to live into, and, and be the body of Christ as believers in different worship structures, failed and not failed. Does that sound like a plan? Cool. Uh, yeah. Sure. I That sounds... Sorry, it's this. This is going to be an entirely another topic for us, and we're at an hour and three minutes. Oh, I know. And, and still have a lot that we can jump into. But this this conversation could be never-ending. Like, let's just say that, too. Like, it's been an incredible conversation. It, yes. It, it probably could be never-ending. I, and that's okay, but uh, yeah, I, I think that's, if you're good with it, Lindsay. Uh, yeah. You really want to fight. You... I want to do some research if I could, if I had, if I was in charge of my own church, or if, if that's, you know, if, if the infrastructure of the United States fell and I wanted to do something, what would it look like? Ooh. I, okay, now I... <laughs> Lindsay, I love you because I'm like super excited now. Like, please do some research. Please, I want to. I do. I want to hear because where, like you, like I said before, just where you're coming from in your mindset, it's so just genuine and just after truth. And that's why I want to hear from your heart what you think the church would be um, or should be. Like, that's just gonna be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yes yes although you gave it an in- interesting premise of everything fails the world falls what kind yeah. of church am i going to build hey church we do live in Lindsay. the united states where it is falling apart so what does the church need to look like yeah. in the United States? <laughs> um so do you still want me to talk really quickly about what i'm doing yes okay so yes but which okay i have a question for okay. you first 
What are you doing? Oh. <laughs> I don't understand it. <laughs> so there and is, I've gotten on and I've watched a few times. There's this. Uh, what is your what's your like tag? I'm not telling. Oh you. come on. Um, okay. L- let me rephrase. I'm not telling you on the air. Oh okay, that sounds good. Because it's also my gamer tag. Okay. And yep. I like to you know low profile. I don't want to jump on with people. I don't want to jump on and have a 10-year-old swearing at me saying he's going to beat me up. Oh, it's so much fun, though. Um, uh, but it, here's it the thing. crosses Game, over most, too close. Most video games are not like that anymore because you party up. So uh, are you on Xbox or PS4 or 5 or whatever? Xbox. Okay, good. So I'll talk to you about it and I'll get your gamer tag. Um, but you party up in a party system. You don't talk to five-year-olds anymore unless you really want to. Most everybody's in a party. Oh, that's you. Okay. Um, so anyway, let's get uh, let's get back to what it is because I know we're gonna <laughs> be here to like another hour if I keep talking. But um, for those of you that watch Twitch, uh, Twitch is a video game. Well, it's a streaming site. Like a lot of people aren't even doing video gaming anymore. That's how it really started. But a video game streaming system where you can watch people play video games or watch people, you know, IRL, um, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, I might start doing some IRL stuff. I don't know yet. Like I haven't decided all that, but, um, all right, all right. Hold on, hold on. Because I know my parents are listening. Uh, mom, dad, IRL is in real life. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to get a phone call about that one. Um, anyway, yes. So we, uh, I game with uh, friends, and um, I've been trying, wanting to stream for years. Um, I tried streaming a little bit when Mixer was a thing um, on Xbox, and every time I would do it, I would do it about a week, and then my anxiety would just rise up, and I would say, you know what, I'm not going to do it anymore. Um, And I talked to a lot of different streamers. Finally, um, one of my friends said, what do you want your channel, your stream to be about? And I said, camaraderie. I want it to be able to hear the fun that we have in video games, um, the communication we have, the connection we have, because so many people are just missing that connection in life. Like I missed that connection in life. And so, um, so many times I felt so alone and I don't want people to feel alone. So I want them to be able to come to a channel where they just, they can ask questions, they can type, they can, like, I love the chat. When people type in that (laughs) chat and I'm able to talk to them, like, there's no more joy in my heart than when that happens, like, in all seriousness. Like, I could be playing a video game, but when somebody starts chatting and I get to have a conversation with them on Twitch, it just makes me, it just brings so much joy to my life. Okay. So, and that was part of what I was even confused about with, um, you know, watching some of your streams in the past week. See, that this feels like for my ADD, I would freak out because you I, do. I want to play a game. But you're playing a game, talking to your buddies in the game, and then talking to people on Twitch. Yeah. And, and my brain is just a little melted just trying to process it from your perspective. Yeah, I mean, it would have, it. yeah, um... So there is an ADD aspect and it's, it's a learning process and I'm still learning it. Um, and I will probably be learning it for forever. Um, I'm not looking at having a million followers. I'm not even putting that goal 
in my sights. So streaming is the same thing as being a professional sports player um, or sports athlete. Sorry, I'm a nerd. I play video games. Um, uh, or like a musician, a Hollywood star, like what 1% of the people that do that actually make it in the world. And so I'm not creating these goals that I can't reach right now. My goal is to hit 30 followers. Then my goal is to hit 50. Once I hit 50 followers, I'm able to become affiliated with Twitch. And that means I can start doing subs. So right now I can take tips, but I can't do subs. Um, and so I'm trying to reach that 50 so I can, I can start doing subs. Um, and I put some money into it to start up. I'm just looking to recover that money right now and, uh, then just kind of go from there. Um, and see where it takes me. Like I, I don't have really a ton of goals other than I want it to be a safe place for people to be able to come just to be, just to have some fun, not even to be entertained because I'm not great at video games. Um, but I do have fun I, doing I it. I will say this. I, I have enjoyed watching you play Destiny 2. Awesome. I have. That's I, awesome. I have both Destinies. I've tried playing them, and I'm just like, eh. So, you, you, talk to me after this. We'll, we'll run some stuff together. I'll get you into it. But, um, yeah, so, just to let everybody know, if you, if you want to know how to get a hold of that channel, uh, it's Twitch, so... T-W-I-T-C-H dot TV forward slash at least I'm trying. Now it's spelled a little bit differently. It's all one word. So at least I'm is spelled correctly. A-T-L-E-A-S-T-I-M and then trying is T-R-Y-N. Um, so I'm sure he'll probably put it in the, the notes or something. So you can, you can click on that as well. Um, but come follow us. Um, I say us because my channel is not just about me. It's about you guys as a community. It's about my friends. Um, and so I may be the only one on, but you will hear me say us or we so much because I want it to be about you guys. Yeah, and we'll we'll put links up with the social media as well. You know, when this episode comes out, and uh, you you can follow along with TJ. I've done it a couple times in the past week, and it's been neat to see the interactions and the gameplay. And like I said, I I've tried Destiny and Destiny Two. I never got into them, but it's neat to actually watch, and it's even creating conversations with my son, who mm. is looking at you know doing his own Twitch and doing his own YouTube on minecraft oh that's awesome so yeah so he he loves it and yeah you know, I'll, I'll pick your brain about that and some more as he he grows into that we're going to be streaming a lot of different stuff so destiny's our main game right now but we've done call of duty uh we're going to go over to the switch uh one of my other friends has just gotten a switch <laughs> so we're going to actually do a few streams on mario kart uh online and um best way to ruin any friendship i'll tell you this that might have to be the first time i put a mature rating on my stream because (laughs) (laughs) actually on so i i'll say this i'm a week and a half out so the day after or whatever the sunday before this episode airs i've I've declared that we're going to have a Mario Kart tournament in youth groups. So nice. I may or may not still be alive yep. at this point in a week and a half. You might at least hey. have a black eye, but 
Um, yeah. <laughs> so we're, we do a, a ton of different stuff. I was even streaming golf yesterday um, just to relax a little bit because um, I love playing golf in real life. And uh, there's a game that's really oh, good. Wait. So were you playing golf in real life or golf in? I did, I did, I did both yesterday. <laughs> um, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> I could, I could seriously talk about this forever because m- my two passions are music uh, or three music, media, and video games. I love video games. So uh, come join us and we'll have some fun. Uh, make sure you chat. Chatting's my favorite thing. So yeah. Yeah. And now you know who I am in the chat. So. Little lurker. <laughs> yeah, I gotta be a little. <clears throat> I got gotta be behaved now. You know it's me. <laughs> Doesn't matter. So, <laughs> well, hey, TJ, thank you. I uh, Lindsay jumped off when we started geeking out, but I, <laughs> she and I have appreciated the conversations and really the view that you bring into these conversations. So, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. It's been really awesome to be a part of this and. And just to be able to talk with you and Lindsay again, like I've really enjoyed. Um, and I, I mean, I hope I haven't pushed Lindsay o- over an edge too much yet. Um, but we, uh, I, I just, I really do. I have enjoyed her heart and where she comes from. It's been really awesome being here. Uh, it's been good having you. It's been good having these conversations. So, so thank you. Yeah. All right. And for everyone else listening, thank you for joining the conversation. Feel free to take a moment to jump on social media, like and subscribe to our pages. We do try to post every now and then with what's going on and what's coming up. And if you want to jump in and join the conversation itself, you can find us at badtheologyproductions at gmail.com. Send us an email, jump on, send us what you think on social media. We're here. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the 42 Podcast. Please take a moment to like and subscribe. And if you want to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter to add your voice to the conversation. Thank you.